Blog Talk Radio. like I'm beating people up and stuff like that. I thought it was, uh, you know, back then, I thought it was 
I mean, I thought it was what it was. I mean, I didn't have any bad feelings about it. It was just nothing ever that I wanted to do. Nothing ever in my when I what CM Punk say when he shook the uh, magic eight ball. Wrestling never came up in it. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, it was and you know, so watching people growing up, I don't even have that, you know, because I never watched it. I just. You know, I came back from, I went to college in Texas and then went to California for a while. I came back to Florida, was in a gym with a buddy of mine that I grew up with, and um, he owned a, a, a training center, and I just went in there because I was really doing nothing, and two guys that I knew came in there and asked me if I wanted to go to the ring and, and wrestle, and I went, no, I really don't. Thank you very much, though. <laughs> and I, I have no you know, I had no ambition to do that, and they just talked me into it, and I went, and they beat the living crap out of me for about four hours, and I went, wow, really? This is wrestling? <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's how I got into it. Now, now, Billy, the uh, you know, you're in the midst of the Attitude Era, you know, with the New Age Outlaws and D-Generation X. Um, how, do you, how was that like, and do you think wrestling will ever get back to those type of ratings? No way. I mean, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't see it. I mean, I'd love for it too. Don't get me wrong. I would. I would love to see wrestling get to that. I mean, come on. You know, we couldn't do. We couldn't do anything. I mean, you couldn't do anything because there wasn't buildings big enough to hold as many people that wanted to come to them. I mean, the attitude there was ridiculous. I mean, it's one of those things where. You know, me and Brian were extremely lucky to be in that position. At that time, I mean, if you were there and had any position at all during that, you have to, you know, you got to cherish that and hold on to that because I don't ever think that'll come around again because you had so many players that were on top. There wasn't one guy you could say, well, he's the, you know, he's the face of um, wrestling right now. He, there wasn't. There was a whole bunch of them. Right. And how, how intense would you describe the feud between WCW and then the WWF? I mean, it was good because, I mean, it gives you competition. It makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do or do things that takes you out of your, I guess you could say, comfort zone of rest, of, of modern-day wrestling because now you have a company that's going after you. They, you've got companies that are going at each other, trying to jockey for position, to try to jockey to be the best. And everybody knows, if you know Vince at all or know his product, he has to be number one. And they, we weren't number one for a while. I say we, but I was just part of the company. Um, that, you know, when Vince, when Vince wants something and Vince puts his mind to it, he can do any and everything. He is just that good. I mean, honestly, he just is a brilliant, brilliant person when it comes to this wrestling stuff. <laughs> you know, I always say there's nobody that knows it all, but if somebody does, he knows close to everything. You know, so, I mean, it yeah. was good. It was good. It was, you know, it, it was competition. Nowadays, they don't have competition. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, there's nowhere for guys to go. There's nowhere to, you know, if you're not in WWE, well, I mean, you can go to TNA and they're, you know, they're trying to get up there, but they're not, come on, they're not in WWE. Right. Now, was there any point, you said that there was a time, you know, and we obviously know that there was a time when WCW was winning the ratings war. Was there ever a time that you guys in the locker room were scared that billionaire Ted might be went out and buy out Vince? No way. No way. No. I mean, never. There was never a doubt. I mean, that's what was the great thing about working there. You never had – we were never scared about anything. 
because we knew we were coming out on top. We had the talent to do it. We had the personnel to do it. We had people in the office that were going to do it. We had Vince McMahon. Ted didn't have Vince McMahon. We have Vince McMahon. So there was a never, and nobody ever, I never heard that not once, and nor did I ever think that, oh, my gosh, they might get us. No, because you just, when they try to do that, we just got a bigger gun. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, Billy, uh, listening to you talk about the Attitude Era and even my initial question about what got you into wrestling. Most guys always say they were such huge fans, and they grew up loving it, and you were the complete opposite. But you had so much success in your career, and particularly as a tag team competitor. Um, you know, after all, you were a 10-time tag team champion. And on the, on, the, on the single side, it seemed that things didn't pan out, at least as far as the WWE goes. You were the Intercontinental Champion. And I was a big fan of yours, you know, in the Attitude Era, so I can say that I followed your career very closely. When you won the, the King of the Ring in 1999, did you think that your career would take off as far as being a singles competitor? And why do you think that it never really reached the same height that it did when you were a tag team competitor? You know what? And, and I thought the same thing. I mean, everybody that's talked to me about that had thought the same thing. I thought, okay, here we go. They, they, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own thing now. They kind of, they've kind of brushed me away from the, the tag thing. And now I'm starting my, you know, start my singles run. And what a better way to platform than to win King of the Ring. I mean, when you, I mean, when you win a pay-per-view like that, it, you know, whether it's one of your top three or top five pay-per-views and you go into it, I mean, obviously it means something because it's a pay-per-view. If it wasn't, it had been on SmackDown. You yeah, know? yeah. So when you, when you win something like that or do something like that, you figure, okay, here we go. But it was, and, and when I look back on it and look at it, it's like, you know, they always made such a big deal out of some people winning the King of the Ring up yeah, until the point I won it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I was like, okay, am I missing something here? Is there, did I do something somewhere? Did I make somebody mad? Did I do this? You know what? But I, but, but I couldn't. I couldn't dwell on that. I can't, you know, what was I going to do? Walk around with a boo-boo face and cry and whine because I didn't do more. I mean, I won the pay-per-view. I got, you know, I have that on my resume now, 1999 King of the Ring winner, you know, but I I mean, yeah. Would I have loved to have been pushed? Yeah. Do I know the reason why I wasn't? Uh, No, not really. I really don't. I mean, you know, there's speculation and this, that, but there's no proof that it, it, it was probably just me. You know, but that and that's the hardest thing to to come, you know, to kind of for me to grasp is it could have been me. I mean, who? Yeah. I mean, there was nobody else that won King of the Ring except for me. There was nobody else toting that title around. There was nobody else walking around saying they could say that except for me. So yeah. I mean, maybe I did something that I just wasn't aware of at the time that they went, well, we can't do anything with him. You yeah. know, and it's interesting. Because I remember when you did win, and back then they had the uh, WWF New York. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think you appeared on there as a host, either at the next event or the next Raw or something like that. And I remember thinking, like, why is this guy just won the King of the Ring? Why is he doing this? (laughs) And it always seemed, you know, listening to Jim Ross call your matches, he always said something, you know, Billy is the best natural-born athlete that I've ever seen, or he's the best natural-born athlete in the WWE. So I remember watching that and thinking, yeah, this guy's going to get pushed, and eventually you won the Intercontinental title, and I'm like, all right, finally, you know he's going to take off. But you got shoved back into the attack team division, which is, I guess, where they felt you you fit the best. 
But I always remember thinking, man, you know, as one of my favorite guys, like Billy should be doing so much more. And unfortunately, that never seemed to pan out. But would you say that you have any regrets as far as your time, specifically just in the WWE? You know, other than spending time, you know, more time with my family, because, you know, when you get in this business, if you think you're going to have a life, I mean, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, you know, nowadays it's a little different because the schedule isn't as bad as it was when I started. When I started, my first, mine and Bart's first tour when we started was 21 days. I've never been gone 21 days from my house in my lifetime. You know, and then you're home for two. Then we were back out for 14. Then we were home for three. Then back out for 28. I mean, back then the schedule was ridiculous. You know, do I have any regrets? Yeah, probably my attitude could have been a little bit better. You know, but I, you know, just like, you know, I'm not saying most people, all I can do is speak for me is that, you know, I kind of got wrapped, I, you know, I got wrapped up in it. I mean, how could you not? There wasn't a place you could go where you could, you know, people are just completely just smothering you. I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it was close to being rock star status. And if you get caught up in it, it'll get you. And I'm, you know, I'd let it get me. And that's probably the only thing is that, I, you know, my family stuff is, you know, my wife, my kids, and, and you know, I don't, I don't regret anything I've done because I did everything they asked me to up there. I, I mean, that's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons I was there for so long right. is because they knew that, that no, no matter what, whether I'm a good singles guy, a good tag team guy, a good guy that sits on the bench and writes good stuff for somebody, or I just stand out there and I look good holding, you know, somebody's water bottle. It didn't matter because they knew at any given time if they came to a TV and they were stuck or they had a segment they were stuck on, whose name was the very first name that they came up with when they needed something done. Whether it be go out there and work with a broomstick, go out there and work with a small person like a midget, go out there and work with a girl, go out there and, go out there and work with a clown. It didn't matter because my name was always top on the list. I was trying to think of the right word for that. <laughs> now, Billy, I know that, you know, you've worked for both the WWE and TNA, and we, I mean, one obvious difference is the, the workload between TNA and the WWE. Can you give us some other differences that you found working for both companies? Um, oh, God, just, oh, man, that's a good one. I haven't been asked that one yet. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it's it's not it's kind of the same and kind of not the same. It's the 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 urgency of what you're doing at that time, if that makes sense. That makes sense. It, it, uh, when you're at Monday Night Raw and you're on a live show, things are not they're not hectic, but they're in order to be exactly how it's supposed to be because let's face it when you're on a live show it's live there's no do-overs or anything like that you try to cover it as good as you can you know to where right. tna is a little bit more laid back i mean everybody's very professional but they're just a little bit more laxical in what they do out in the ring you know right. out like time wise and things like that it's not you know there's I, there's nothing bad i can say about you know what the difference is, but it's just a more, it's a more of a, I guess you'd have to say urgency in on a Monday night show than there is at a TNA show. Right now. I mean, I, I think it was bittersweet, the attitude ever ending with, you know, Vince buying WCW, because like you said, 
that ended the competition and that, um, you know, that kind of mellowed out Vince, I think, to an extent. Do you think, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Vince has mellowed out since the Attitude Era? Well, I don't think, I don't think that mellowed out Vince as much as him taking his company public. When you take it, when, you know, when he took his, when he, his company was private, was all during the Attitude Era. He didn't have anybody to answer to except himself. You know, there was no shareholders, there's no stock people, there's no nothing. It's all private, so he can do whatever he wants. You know, the TV station can come to him and say, oh, my gosh, will you please stop doing that? And he would go, okay, and wink at us at the same time, you know. So, right. he, you know, so he would take that heat. But now he just doesn't – I mean, I can't speak for him, but I just don't think he wants to take – nor does he need to take the heat from the people now because right. he's got other people to answer to other than just being you know, private. He's public now, and he's got a whole bunch of people to answer to if that show goes a little on the crazy way that it used to go. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of why it kind of toned down. Not so much that he bought WCW, because he could still let things rip, but he just won't because I think he's just got other people to answer to. And you don't have to get much further into this question. It could be a yes or no, because we know you're very professional. But do you think Dixie Carter made a, a wise decision in putting Hogan and Bischoff in control of TNA? <clears throat> I, I, I mean, you, have to do, you had to do something to kind of get that company kicking. I mean, let's face it. Uh, Hulk Hogan, no matter, you know, if you like him or don't like him, I mean, I like the guy personally, but I mean, whether you like him or not, he has a name in this business. If I got a, if I got a wrestling company and I don't really have anybody that's really kind of getting me over the edge and Hulk Hogan says, here, I'll come in and help you. Yeah. I'm getting him to come in and help me. Right. You know what I mean? So is there good and bad about that? I'm sure there is, but I don't work there, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'm not behind there to see what they do. Right. You know, but yeah, if I had a company and needed some a little push, a little kick in the butt, yeah, why would I not hire Hogan? He's still got a name in this business. Very true. Now, I, I, I do need to ask you probably my most serious question there, and I, I'm sure Billy nobody's asking this question, but here it goes. Which uh, which wrestling death hit you the hardest? Owen Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, or is there someone else, and why? I, th I think they all do. I think there's not one that, I mean, I don't think you can rank those in positions. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's all, it's all bad. It's all tragic. It's all sad. It's all, you know, you miss, you lose something when you lose that caliber of caliber of guys. I right. mean, every single one of them that you've mentioned, Davey, uh, it doesn't matter who you mention or, who, you know, it doesn't matter. You lose something in this business when that happens. And it is, it's, it's brutal, and you can't really rank them in, okay, Owen's number one, Eddie's number two. You know, you don't rank. They're all together. No matter what they did or what happened, they all still are, they still died. And that's bad. And that's, that, you know, and, and you can't. You know, they try to throw that on, well, it was wrestling, it was this, it was not. And I'm not justifying what's, what people did or what, how they lived their life or what was going on by no means. But we as individuals choose this job. You know, we choose to do this. There's nobody forcing me to wrestle. There's nobody forcing me to do anything that I don't want to do. So, you know, we live our lives and we, you know, do things that we do and sometimes it catches up to us right. and 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 we don't we don't have the the knowledge or the 
the gosh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. We don't have the tools to help us get through this strain because people. And the, I mean, I'm going to go off on a tangent here a little bit. It's kind of wish wag back and forth here a little bit, but this business is not what everybody thinks it is. You know, the regular fan, like all my gun club fans, <laughs> my Twitter fans, <laughs> or or any fan of wrestling, doesn't know what goes into doing this job. I mean, you are, it's not, you're not just on TV. You're not just doing Conan O'Brien. You're not just doing the Good Morning America. You're not just doing Howard Stern. Those aren't, those are perks that come along with a lot and lot and lot of hard work. I mean, they don't know the times that you spend in the gym. They don't know the times that, yeah, I'd love to eat ice cream, but I can't. They don't know how many rental cars I've been in. They don't know how many times, how many airports I've been in. They don't know how many times, how many birthdays of my kids I've missed. They don't know how many anniversaries of my wife I've missed. They don't know all that. They see you or, or you know, they see Cena, they see Rock, they see, you know, a, a Barry Horowitz, for God's sake. I don't care who it is. They see him on TV and go, God, I'd love to be a wrestler. Definitely. And that's just not how it goes. That's not it. That is not it at all. There is just <laughs> just as much work to go on this and chances of being a pro football player, a pro basketball player, as there is in wrestling, as to be a pro and be on the show. There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into this. Yeah, and I remember hearing a couple of years back that in terms of careers, wrestling has the highest dropout percentage of any career. The only thing that comes close is actually being a Navy SEAL. I think the wrestling dropout percentage is like 98%. And when you mention being a celebrity, I think that that's what people look at. They don't look at the whole, you know, let's say, for example, Britney Spears or whomever it is. They get every move analyzed by the media, by crazy fans who go through their garbage or take pictures of them and, they live that lifestyle, like you mentioned, the rental cars and missing uh, birthdays and anniversaries and things like that. So I, I think that the regular person doesn't ever look at it that way. They just think, well, this guy's making money. He looks great on TV. He looks like he's having fun. I want to do that. They don't think, man, you know, you're wrestling 300 days a year or whatever the case is. Right. And, and also, they don't know how bad your body hurts. You know, they think, oh, you guys bounce around like a trampoline. Yeah, okay, this is what I want you to, this is what I tell the people. I want you to, here, let me just put a little, like, wrestling pad down on the floor, like one of those amateur wrestling pads on the concrete, and you just throw yourself on that a couple times, you know, and then multiply that by about $4 million in your career time, and you tell me how you're going to feel. They can't do it two or three times, let alone do it every single night, night in, night out, with a smile on your face, with broken bones, with your back hurting so bad you can't even stand up because that's what you have to do. You have to go out there and perform. They didn't come to pay money to listen to you moan and groan and complain about your back or how bad your neck hurts or why your arms all puffy and why your fingers are going different directions. They don't care. They want to see, you know, they want to see the New Age Outlaws, you know, and Brian do his thing. They want to be entertained by the New Age Outlaws. They want Rock to come out there and cut a great promo like he does. They want Austin to walk down there and shake back and forth and flip everybody off. That's what they want. They don't care if you're hurt. So, right. I mean, yeah, do we do, do we do it with a smile on our face? You bet we do. We do it every night with a smile on our face, no matter how bad you hurt. <laughs> That's just how you got to do it. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I was thinking about this the other day, how 
you know, it's a catch-22 because obviously we don't want you guys getting hooked on drugs and getting hooked on painkillers and things to deal with that. But then fans don't want you to miss events, the live events, the house shows, and they want you to work everything. So it's almost like for us to win, you have to lose. But, you know, as far as your career and where you are now, I know that we would love to see you back in the WWE at some point. Now, do you think that uh, that's a possibility? Because I know that I've uh, I've read online and, you know, heard some comments that you made years ago about Triple H, and you recently kind of, like, cleared that up and, you know, got into that. you have any, any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I would lo- – I mean, if they – I mean, honestly, if they called me, like, right after I'm done with this and said, hey – you know, you, everything's good with you. You're straight. Everything's all right. I went, yeah, I'm in a good place right now. We would love for you to come back to work for us. I would go, yes, in a heartbeat. I just would because now I'm in a place in my life where I'm solid. I'm solid. And I and I would love to – I don't want to take this stuff that I know. I mean, I don't – by no means do I know it all. Do I – you know, I know a little bit about a little bit of things. <laughs> so – I would love to give it away. It's just like when we go to indie shows and other shows, you know, and the guys will say, Hey, we please watch us. Or can you give me an advice? Can you do this? And yeah, I would love to, but you have to ask me, I'm not going to give it to you. If you, I'm not giving it to somebody that doesn't want to listen, or it's going to just say it just to be saying it. If you're honestly want to know something, or you, if I can answer it for you and make you a better wrestler or even a better person or or how to deal with things a little better all you have to do is ask me that's all and if that's all it takes is to walk up and say hey how do i become a wrestler and how do i you know how do i deal with certain situations or how do i become better or what do i do to separate myself or what do i do to make people notice me or you know i will tell them or give them the answer the best way that i know and that's that's all I can do. And I love doing that. I love teaching guys. I go to training schools, you know, up in when I'm in London. I go to a buddy of mine, BPW Tom Jones. I go to his wrestling school, and they are so. It's so much fun because he's got about twelve students, and they sit there with like ears that are as big as Dumbo's when you talk, when I talk to them because you could see it in their faces. You could see that they just soak it all up. They don't ask a lot of questions, but they they soak everything up that you're talking about, and that's really cool because there's some people that ask me, and I'll sit there and talk, and they're looking straight up in the air. They're looking, so you know they don't care. They're just doing it just to, you know, to go, hey, I just talked to Billy Gunn, and he told me this. I don't know what he told me because I really wasn't listening. <laughs> so, you know, so so I'm in I'm in the you know still love what I do. I love working with Brian, but I love teaching and love giving stuff away that I know you know, or that I can get the answer to. Right. Now, what would you say is your favorite memory uh, in terms of your career, like in the WWE and TNA? Do you have any favorite matches or storylines that you were in? Um, just TNA, the main storyline there was me and the girls, the beautiful people. I love doing that. I, I, you know, it was, it was fun. It was, you know, we all got, you know, me and the girls got along really good and and they, they were really good about listening and kind of taking advice and we'd all listen to each other too. I mean, I'm not the type of person that just goes, Hey, we're doing this and that's how it's going to go because I know what I'm doing. That's not it. That's why I love this business. Cause I still learn. I mean, I still, I'll listen to somebody if they've got something better or they've got another way or they think, hey, you know, because that's the best way is to talk things over and then new ideas keep popping up and it gets better and better. 
So if you're just, you know, if you're in this business and you just want to do things one way, then you won't have a very long career. I can promise you that, you know, but the girls was good in TNA and I mean, DX and me and Brian and smoking. I mean, everything had its, had its own little thing that was good about it. I mean, most people are going to say the new age outlaws and DX because that was the most popular thing. But you know, you got, I've got to say smoking guns on one hand because that's what I came into the business doing. And and I had fun doing that with Bart. I mean, you know, me and Bart are really good friends, and right. and I love doing that. And then I love doing the the New Age Outlaw stuff. I love doing the Chuck and Billy stuff. Chuck's a great guy, and we pulled that off like two champs. You know, which which there's not very many people in that business or would even consider doing that because you know that they just they go, oh my God, I'm going to be remembered as a gay person. No, you're not. You're going to be remembered as somebody that got something so silly over that it was hilarious, you know. So, and, and I don't have any regrets doing that. People go, "Well, that was the worst thing." Well, it's worse because you're homophobic, <laughs> and you and you would never do it, so you're not going to like it. We're not. I didn't care. It was just. It was just something. It was just another character to get over on TV. How good are you? Can you get this over? Yeah, me and Chuck were really good because we really got it over. <laughs> you're right and that's not being arrogant that's just being it, it, so if I came up to somebody and went okay I'm going to pay you a million dollars to act gay on this TV show now you just all you do is act gay you ain't got to kiss nobody you ain't got to do nothing like that but you have to act really gay and convince me that you're gay okay I'm not doing that there's no way I can do that okay I can <laughs> I will <laughs> Because that's just something more. That's just something else to challenge myself or to challenge Chuck. Because I mean, without him, it just wouldn't have worked. You know, they, there wouldn't have been a Chuck and Billy because it just it wouldn't have worked that way. But it worked that way because we both went. I mean, we talked each other about it and went, "Oh well, how do you feel about it?" And he asked me, "How do I feel about it?" I go, "Let's <laughs> let's see if we can get it done." I mean, we, me and him know we're not gay. Everybody in the world knows we're not gay, but they did for about six months. Right or however now, long that went. <laughs> no, tell me, tell me. I mean, tell me that's not your proudest accomplishment, wrestling and convincing no, no, people. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that no, no, that's no, that's just no. That's not what I'm saying. That I pull off a gay character. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, I mean, I'm just saying most people are going to say it's the New Age Outlaws and DX because that was the most popular and most over thing that I've ever done. Right. Ever done. By far, you know? Yeah, that's it. I'm just saying each thing that people will remember. When people talk about me, they talk about the smoking guns, New Age Outlaw, Chuck and Billy. That's what people talk about. That's what people remember me from. You know, now and then they'll throw in a rockabilly because they think it's funny, but they don't think that was anything that had to do with any part of my career. <laughs> you know? Right. But it was it was all those three things is what I'll be remembered for in this business if you talk character wise. That's right. what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. Not that I'm, you know, pulled off gay character. Just a joke. Come on, guys. Just a joke. Come on, guys. Follow <laughs> Just <on>. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Billy. You know, we really appreciate you coming on, and I know that things got off to a bit of a rocky foot with the echo and whatnot, but we definitely appreciate you taking time out. Um, yeah. You mentioned Twitter earlier, and we do follow you on Twitter. But can you uh, mention to the fans out there who are listening uh, how they can keep in touch with you? All they have to do is go to at Real Billy Gun 
Um, and and uh, you know, I'll I go on there because I like I mostly get to answer questions for all the fans, and people think it's cool that I actually talk to them. And I think it's cool that they think it's cool that I actually do tweet back. And I'm like, I'm like totally addicted to it. I love it because it's just a way for me to give back to everybody that's on there, you know? So, so I'm, I'm into it big time. And me and Brian just had a big Twitter war this weekend because it was hilarious. Um, So, and Brian's on there. He's at BG road dog, James, at BG Road Dog James, I believe is what his is. So we're we love it because he's he hasn't been able to answer fans really because he doesn't have the phone, which he's taking care of that tomorrow. But right. um, he he's very fan friendly. He's very fan friendly, and he really it hurt his feelings that people were <laughs> tweeting me going, yeah, but he doesn't respond to his fans and he was all upset about that which he will he's very fan friendly and he loves talking to fans he just hasn't had the phone to do it you know so now and and i love it and if people just you know go on there and say hey billy how are you it it just makes my day you know i sit there and get stuff all day long and i wish i could do it all day long but i can't because i you know have a part-time job that i'm into right now um so so I, I I try to answer as many questions as I can and try to respond to the people as much as I can. I give about five thousand birthday wishes a day. I think so, <laughs> you know. But I'm just trying to figure it out and have fun with the fans and just kind of let them know that yeah, it's me and yes, I will talk to you. I, you know, I think it's great. And I was actually talking to Joe about this yesterday. I mean, you have over like thirteen thousand followers, something like that. And I think it's awesome that you do respond to the fans. Because I see guys who maybe have like a thousand or a couple of hundred, and they never respond to anybody. So <laughs> I think it's awesome that you actually take the time out to really talk to the fans because that's the stuff that we really appreciate. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do as much. Like I say, I try to do as much on there as I can. You know, whenever I get some spare time or I'm sitting in the airport, it's nonstop. I mean, it's just, you know, whether, you know, yeah, I don't give long drawn out answers, but I'll answer it the best that I can because there are so many on there and they'll just keep coming, keep coming. And I'll just talk to them and, and let them know, you know, something that they want to know about me or give them a little something to me or, you know, whatever they want to know about the wrestling business. And, and that's what I do. Cause I, I like it, and I love giving back to the fans. So, And, Billy, if you can follow this logic one last time, if you're not down with pure gold and Billy Gunn, we got two words for you. For you. Suck it. Listen, <laughs> Billy, nice. once again, thank you for coming on, and we yeah. really appreciate it. And hope you enjoy yourself, and uh, go, make sure you go back to tweeting your fans. <laughs> okay, I will, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Bill. Have a good night. Okay, buddy. See you guys. All right. Folks, that was the one and only B.A. Billy Gunn, the man, the myth, the legend, the Twitter machine. I don't know if he was in the basement or not, or I don't know if he thinks that we were in the basement, but that basement comment was, was some funny stuff. And, uh, of course, folks, we and do. out of your home. <laughs> we do apologize for any uh, minor technical difficulties. You might have the studio that we're working in now. Got a little issues with the acoustics because some things going on. But speaking of things going on and acoustics and all that goodness, JB, you want to take this next part? Yeah, I was going to say from one badass Billy Gunn to another badass. Todd Johnstone here with the sports update and Todd's take. Sir, how are you? Ooh, I'm badass. That's why I am. I'm badass. Oh, yeah. So here we go. <laughs> Definitely. 
So here we go with the uh, the locals, the Mets. Have you guys been watching the Mets? How about those Mets? The more they get injured, the better they play. Who the hell would have figured? So Mets Padres five four with late game dramatics once again. Speaking of late game dramatics, Angels are leading the Yankees right now six to four bottom of the ninth. Let's go Angels. White Sox over the Orioles four to three. A's take the Jays four to one. Rays over the Royals four to nothing. The Rangers are losing to the Mariners six to five in the seventh. The Red Sox are tied with the Twins in the seventh, but it looks like they're about to pull off a some late uh, game dramatics themselves as they now have bases loaded. Tigers and the Indians tied at two in the fifth inning after a third inning rain delay. Rockies over the Reds three to two. Braves over the Marlins three nothing in the eighth. Nats over the Cubs three nothing in the eighth. The Brewers and the Cards. Brewers lead the Cards three to two in the sixth. Strohs over the D-backs four to one in the third. The Phillies and Dodgers, Pirates and Giants are both tied, both games nothing nothing in the second. Jaden. Thanks, TJ. And now before you go on to your annual vacation or maybe semi-annual vacation to Ocean City, Maryland, pass up with a Todd's take, will you, sir? Okay. Tonight's take. I'm going to throw a little something at a. Uh, out of left field to use a baseball vernacular for you. So before I even get started, let me just say that the opinions expressed by this gentleman are not necessarily those of PG. If you are, (laughs) yeah, oh boy. If you are a liberal sympathizer, I suggest you turn your radio down and go get something to drink, go get a snack, go let the dog out, go do something. Tonight I want to talk to you about what's going on in the, uh, the streets of London. Let's start by offering our sympathy and our prayers to the poor and, un- and unfortunate innocent people who have fallen victim to the civil unrest there. That being said, this is what happens to a society when political correctness, public entitlement, take over the psyche of a bunch of spoiled, uneducated malcontents. There's no need for us to get into the the ridiculous excuse that's been given for this widespread rioting, looting, and arson. The socialist society who created this atmosphere have nobody to blame but themselves. The fact that police haven't been allowed to deal with this issue only proves that the folks running the show in the supposedly more civil society are more concerned about the repercussion of possible race claims than they are about protecting the true citizenry. Now, you can say and feel and look down your nose at them and the moronic sensibilities toward the society and think that that could never happen here. Well, wake up, people. Go to YouTube and punch up flash mobs. Go ahead. I'll wait. Done. Okay. Now that you understand how close we are to those things here in the United States, let's all applaud the uh, the Honorable Mayor of Philadelphia and his issuing of a curfew for all children under 18 years of age for 9 p.m. The ACLU can kiss my backside on this one. Political correctness is dividing us as a society. The liberal media refuses to identify race crimes. Why? Is it fear? Perhaps it is. But that is a different rant for a different night. Besides, we are the media. I wouldn't want my segment to be... Take it. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? Oh, you could take that one to the bank. Good one, Todd. Loved it. GG. Good stuff, Todd, as always. Are you there? 
you guys Scotty, playing the drums everybody? over there or something? Wait, what, what's that again? So, so you guys playing the drums over there or something while I was ranting? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, you know, Billy made the basement comment, and I keep going back to that. But, you know, we changed our studio around a little bit, and it seems like the the walls and the sound, it's just not it's not working the way that we'd like it to. So we may have to switch studios again. Well, fortunately for you, I am the consummate professional and was not deterred by said noise and kept going. Oh. Of course, we appreciate it. Our audience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Todd, as always, a pleasure. Yours, of course. Thanks, guys. Have a great night, everybody, and I'll see everybody after my vacation. Enjoy. Thank and you, sir. out of your home. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Maybe. Maybe. Good night. Speaking of out of our homes, let's go to someone else who's in his home. We're joined today by the one and only Pyro of Falcone. And we just got done talking to his number one fan or his number one wrestler of all time, Billy the Kid Gunn. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let, let's not get into that, please. All right. So, Pyro, give us your thoughts on... Uh, the one and only Monday Night Raw last night, too. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that uh, Monday Night Raw actually made me do a 180 on uh, my view of SummerSlam. I'm already pushing my budget as far as it can possibly go at the moment. But uh, after Cena and um, – I almost just said Cena and Rocks. After Cena and Punk's uh, winning promo at the end there uh, convinced me to go ahead and buy SummerSlam. So, you know, it's – it's definitely a callback to the Attitude Era. It's made wrestling fun again, as Punk has said. So, you know, I Joe was ragging on me today all day because I said I wanted to order SummerSlam. So I'm glad I'm not the only person who feels that way. Say, say that again. I said that Joe has been ragging on me all day about me wanting to order SummerSlam, especially after last night, like you said. And uh, I'm glad that I'm not the only person who feels that way. Yeah. Um, it's I, I don't know. Normally, WWE doesn't convince me to buy a pay-per-view off of one promo, but uh, they pretty much did on Monday. It was incredible. And I love how they're just, you know, the, the fourth wall is gone at this point. There's no face heel in this match. There's no, uh, you know, the scene is talking about bringing his heel persona or, you know, that he won't do that nebulous term. It's just great. I mean, it feels like the late 90s again, you know? You know, it really does. And I was thinking about that today, how it's basically back to the beginning is good, the end is good, and then everything else is end. But it really makes me want to launch. I find myself sitting there and saying, man, I can't wait till Raw starts, or what are they going to do on Raw, or what is CM Punk going to do next? And to me, as a wrestling fan, that's all you want. Just keep it interesting. Keep me coming back. And I can't remember being this positive about the WWE in, like, 10 years, at least. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, we've had our moments. Um, I Like, me, for example, I know that uh, I was much more of a mark for Triple H Undertaker this year than most people were, but even that wasn't one of those things where I tuned in every week just to see the next step of the story. I mean, I was intrigued by the story, but not that I really thought about it. But with this punk Cena thing, I'm talking to uh, friends, about wrestling that I haven't talked to about wrestling in five years, and, you know, I'm actually talking about it every day. I'm thinking about wrestling more. It's kind of shocking. It's weird in a good way. Well, with all that being said, Pyro, SummerSlam is this Sunday. 
And um, you know, I don't think it'd be the right in the right interest of the WWE to have John Cena beat CM Punk unless we see a, a full fledged heel turn, which you know we've been uh, been teased with that for so many so for so long. So I mean, what do you think is going to happen? What's the outcome of this pay per view match? Okay, um, did you see? Well, on Monday night they played that uh, clip that The Rock did um, when he cut a yeah, promo. Yeah, the one we talked about. Right. Now, he, he mentioned in there, in the extended version of that clip, that he's not going to wait until um, WrestleMania to do something with Cena. And, uh, you know, they're going to be in Los Angeles, and the next night on Raw they're going to be in San Diego, which, you know, is basically Rock's home away from home. I don't know what's right. going to happen exactly, but there's just enough pieces coming into play that – they're kind of hinting about the and reminding us about the Rock's presence. I just I have a feeling the Great One is going to involve himself somehow. It may not be big. It'll probably be incredibly subtle. I doubt he's going to come out there and punch Cena in the face or, um, you know, uh, conspire with Triple H against one of the guys or the other. But I don't know. I just have this feeling that something kind of big is going to happen for SummerSlam, um, for better or for worse. Because you know, with with uh, Money in the Bank. Cena and Punk had a perfectly clean match. I mean, Vince and Johnny came out at the end, you know, but there wasn't any in-match shenanigans. There wasn't weapons being thrown. There wasn't rest bumps. I just figure they wouldn't do the same thing twice, so probably there's going to be something weird that happens in SummerSlam, and for that reason, I'm even more interested in it. Are you interested in the other match, too, with, uh, you know, Randy Orton and Christian? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll be honest. I don't even know what matches are on the card other than Cena Punk. Um, I, I know that they run them down on the shows, but frankly, I just don't care enough. Um, Orton Christian, something's got to happen because I'm getting bored of them. And, you know, Orton always bores me. I love Christian, but I don't know. It feels like he's, you know, hitting the glass ceiling. And I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to it, no matter how it turns out. But, well, hopefully, you know, after. SummerSlam, uh, both guys will find different playing partners to work with for a while. But uh, well, And as far as the rest of the match goes, the undercard, I really, honestly, totally was not paying attention. So I have no idea what else is on the thing. Well, let me put it this way. You haven't missed anything because at this point, today, which is Tuesday, there's only four matches announced, amazingly enough. Two title matches, the Divas match between Beth Phoenix and uh, Kelly, 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 Kelly. And uh, Sheamus versus Mark Henry as we go through his whole uh, face turn situation. But it just amazes me that they still haven't gotten into anything. And SummerSlam's coming up, and we only have four matches announced. Right. Um, you know, actually, now that you mentioned the Divas, that whole situation is making me interested, too, because um, I, I've hinted at it on uh, my recaps, but I actually dig the women's uh, whole division, and not for the horrible, disgusting biological reasons. Well, not just those. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's just something different. And, and I've always wanted the women's division to be what it used to be with Trish and Lita. You know, it, we, yeah, and I think I can speak for you guys, too, when, you know, all we want out of wrestling is for it to be entertaining and everyone to be a success. And, and you know, we even want the bad guys to succeed. We want Orton to succeed. He just doesn't, you know, and that's disappointing. But, you know, we don't hate him. But with the divas, you know, I don't, I don't hate Eve or K 
Kelly, 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 you know, but I, I want them to be better than they are, and they just haven't been. But with this whole thing with uh, Beth and Natalia turning heel and, um, you know, saying that we're done with the whole Perky Princess crap, I think that's great because it seems to me that at least the direction they're heading in is Beth Phoenix is to the women's division as CM Punk has been to the main event. And if that is the direction they're going, you know, the real winners there are the fans. Yeah, I got to admit, Pyro, you sound much more upbeat and energetic than I thought you would, especially after hearing the news about Gail Kim and Molina being released from the WWE. Yeah, well, I cried in my ice cream on uh, Friday about that. Honestly, uh, thinking about it, I would rather have Gail done what Beth Phoenix is doing now, um, or Molina, or both of them, but, you know, I'll offer either one of a jo- either one of them a job at my apartment if they would just give me their numbers, but for some reason they won't do that. Oh, boy. Yeah, I uh, wonder why. I actually heard that there's some issues going on with uh, Maurice with stalking. Any truth to the rumors that you were stalking Gail and Molina, and that's why they actually quit the company secretly? Quite possibly. I always figured that... Uh, the the you know I've always said that if uh, Molina would just you know give me five minutes of her time, a signed uh, restraining order is just as good as an autograph. Wow, <laughs> folks. Uh... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so give us your predictions, sir. Um, quickly as as we uh, as time advances, who's walking out of SummerSlam with the title? Is it going to be Punk? Is it going to be Cena? Is it going to be Albert Del Rio? Um, sadly, it's going to be Cena. And uh, another reason I think they're going to pull it off that way, um, like I said, the next night it's in San Diego. We know Ray's going to be there. Uh, Ray's going to have a title match. Ray's the hometown hero. And I don't see WWE wanting to put, you know, ridiculously popular Ray versus ridiculously popular Punk. Um, Cena, they don't care if he gets booed since he gets booed everywhere. I figure Cena will win at SummerSlam, and then that way uh, – We'll have a face versus, I guess, tweener heel on Monday. And no one will be happy about it, but Punk chasing the title would probably be a better story than Cena chasing the title. So, you know, I, I do predict Cena wins, but I'm going to withhold judgment on how good of a how good of an idea that is until I see, uh, you know, how Punk responds. And what about uh, Randy Horton and uh, Christian? Got to be honest, I don't really care. I figure Orton will win just because Orton is Orton, but I, I really don't care. If, if Christian um, if Christian wins and Orton chases, I mean, you're just resetting the storyline back where it was, five, you know, three or four months ago. Um, I forget, who's the next in line? They're, they're, they were naming someone to be the next in line for that whole feud. Can't remember now. Um, it wasn't the number one contender match, but, you know, someone was getting promoted up to challenge for the main event. I can't even remember. But uh, I think it was Billy Gunn, but I'm not sure. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing Billy back in the ring. His actually, I, I was going to say this in private, but what the hell? Uh, I, you know, I've been following you guys since you had your what, twelfth show, maybe tenth show back in January. Something like that. And, yeah, this is that interview with Billy Gunn was by far the best interview you guys have ever done. I mean, you guys tore it up. I'm proud to be part of your show because uh, it was just fantastic. So. I hope uh, more big. I hope a lot of big names heard that, so they can uh, get on here and be interviewed by you guys because that was stellar. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, they won't pay any attention to the basement comments, but we really appreciate <laughs> you saying that, Pyro, because uh, 
you know, we were really and excited. We out of your home. <laughs> we were really excited about the Billy Gunn interview, honestly. And, uh, you know, think whatever you may. You know, you or Joe or whomever, the fans out there. I was a big fan of his in the Attitude Era because I always thought there was so much there, you know, in terms of what he could accomplish. But I really, it was a pleasure to me to have somebody of that caliber on our show. To me, it just shows us that, you know, we're moving in the right direction. And this show, pretty soon, we're going to have, uh, you know, maybe Shawn Michaels or who knows who else uh, from the Attitude Era might just pop in up your gold. Absolutely. And and as far as Billy goes, I mean, I don't really have anything against the guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, um, it, You know, well, guys like even Ray and Kurt Angle, I can respect their abilities all day long, but they're just not exciting to me, even though I know they're really, really, like, especially in Kurt Angle's case, you know, the guy's a technical machine, but still just watching him in the ring, I, I just don't feel the same thrill that I do watching CM Punk, you know. But, or when you watch you know, Randy Orton. Well, Randy Orton, ugh, he makes me wretch. <laughs> no, I, I can understand where you're coming from because I know me personally, like, uh, when I watch Kurt Angle, I don't like Kurt Angle. I think he's great. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever, and I think he's a legend and a Hall of Famer and everything, but he's just, I'm not personally a fan of his. I mean, if he came on this show, you know, I'd be his biggest fan, but, uh, you know, aside from that, we're fans of yours, Pyro, and glad that you're fans of ours, so we really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us and Hopefully we can have you on next Tuesday so we can really dissect SummerSlam itself and uh, what happened and even what happened in Raw. Because I know this week, like you said, the punk promo at the end with Cena, the way Cena spoke, throwing the rock in there, mentioning uh, the internet wrestling community, basically the five moves. They really sold me on what I hope is going to be a great pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Cena, the the great thing about that whole thing with Cena is he showed he has mic skills. And, and that was the thing. It's like he mentioned in there, um, breaking the fourth wall, that he thinks people like us and like me especially, you know, um, don't like this PG-rated talking that he does. But here's the thing. It's not about being rated PG. It's about being clever, being smart, being witty, being intelligent, being charming, being charismatic. And you can do any of those things without resorting to R-rated language. With Cena, he was, he's been having this problem with showing those traits when he's not doing his you know, ridiculous homophobic rap. But right. on Monday, he showed, because he never swore once, he never, you know, he never flipped his intensity dial to 11, he never got red-faced and cartoony face expressions or anything like that, but he brought it. I mean, he brought the best promo Absolutely. he may have done ever. I mean, period, and it was great, and so that's what we want to see, and it makes my, you know, that's everything that we've always wanted Cena to be, so hopefully they can just keep this ball going, you know? I, that's why I'm Definitely. loving it. I mean, they've they've got the Midas touch. I just hope the storyline keeps going for a while. Definitely. Byron, we appreciate it, and like I said, hopefully Tuesday we'll have some more time to talk to you. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. You too. You know, DG... It's about 10.54, almost 10.55, and we have not gotten a call from the one and only, Mr. I will definitely call your show and call you guys out because I am Bright Lights, Jared Foster. Where the hell is he? Wait, who? Bright Lights who? Uh, Dim Lights. Oh, okay. Dim Lights. Well, folks, uh, we had real talent on this show. We had Billy Gunn. We even had Pyro, who's from my land outslot, as you know, for those of you regular listeners. But, you know, speaking of lack of talent, there was a certain video that uh, 
surface on, on Twitter, TwitVid, which, again, Twit is the perfect way to describe him. Uh, Jarrett Foster from the IWF. I don't even know why Kevin Lynn has him around, to be quite honest with you. No guts. That's what Jared Foster has. I mean, I dare the guy to come on this show. It's been weeks. We've been going back and forth. He's making his videos. We're talking about him. And it's like, what's the point? You know, we may show up at Desperate Measures this Saturday. We may show up at the next IWF event with our pure gold t-shirts. I mean, who knows where we'll end up next. But he, I mean, he talks about, you know, Dave and Joe and you guys this and that. I mean, what is he doing? What is the point of those videos if he's not going to show up and be a man? You know, at least Flex comes on our show and he, he proves the type of caliber of person that he is. He proves that he's a man of integrity and a man of honesty who comes on here, tells us what he thinks, tells us who he's going to pound into the ground. I mean, that's why we've had him on the show a couple of times. And, uh, you know, the IWF is uh, – we love the IWF, and they're open to come on our show at any point. But uh, it seems that certain people just – don't get the hint. They're they're not going to show up, and I'm not really sure uh, what's going on or, or what the case is. But sir, I think our producer's saying that uh, Tim Whitz might be on the phone. You think? Well, let, let's see. We have a call. Let's check out who this is. You're live and on the air with Pure Gold. Who is this? This is Bright Lights, the man, the myth, the legend. You didn't think I would show up, huh? <laughs> wow. I'm not sure why you're laughing. I, I really, I, I'm, con- I'm confused as to why you guys are laughing. I'm finally here on the phone. You finally have my time for free, I might add. So why don't you get to the point and ask me some stupid questions like you've been doing for the past 45 minutes with the other idiots. <laughs> well, first of all, you should be paying us to come on this show. Let's get that right, Mr. Foster. Now, let me ask you a question. Now that you finally showed some guts and came on the show... Um, what exactly is your issue with guys like Flex Freeman? I mean, guys who've proven themselves to be multiple-time champions and, you know, up until recently undefeated, where, from my understanding, you've lost quite a few matches. Well, if everybody wins and loses, let's be honest. But the, here, the thing about this is is that you have Billy Gunn on great. I love the guy. I grew up watching him. The Attitude Era, that's wonderful. I heard him. Big deal. He was a has-been. I'm a gonna-be. That's the guy you want to focus on. Wow. Is it safe to say that you're going to be taking some desperate measures on Saturday? Desperate measures on Saturday. Do you ever see me worried? Do you ever hear me complaining if it's not for just idiots bumbling into cameras talking about stuff they have no idea about? No. Desperate measures has to be be ready for me, be ready for bright lights. I bring it everywhere I go. You just had that guy on before me. Don't even know his name. You called him Pyro. You called him all these different names. He's talking about SummerSlam. He's talking about The Rock. He's talking about Cena. talking about people bringing it. Bright lights brings it. I bring it. Just to quote the man, okay? Desperate measures is my time, as all these times are. You guys waste a lot of time. You leave me on till the end of the show Talk about me briefly, and then i got to call in and interrupt because I am sick of hearing bumbling idiots. And these are the questions you ask me. you guys got to come up with something better than that. Yeah, it, it just amazes me. You're talking about how you bring it. I don't know if you bring it to Pizza Hut or Domino's or, or you know, you bring it to get some chicken wings over at the, the, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings by your house. But I don't know what you bring exactly. I mean, I've seen you in person, 
There's not much there, pal. I saw you get whipped by Dante Arcade, and I know that you guys just recently defended your tag team titles against him and Carson Slade, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, I mean, you guys going to be defending the titles this week? Are you going to be losing on Saturday? Because that's what I'm betting my money on. Well, you're obviously not a gambling man, and you shouldn't be if that's where you're putting your money. Uh, if you notice, uh, you know, with Dante Arcade, you know, I'm going to give it to him. He's an up-and-coming talent. He's nowhere near the level I'm at. And, you know, I slipped up, uh, you know. But if you haven't been listening, haven't been watching, haven't been reading, uh, we beat Dante and Slade, and we now have the tag team titles. And that's just the beginning of what I can do. You see, I get it. I'm in a tag team. I'm with Aaron Stride. We do our thing. Listen, Glamour obviously is soaring, soaring right now. But I have bigger and better things to do, just like this radio show. I have bigger and better things to do, but I figure I'd come on and shut you guys up once and for all. You have no idea. I understand why you're bringing me on, so let me explain really quick. You guys like Wait, the buzz. Wait, we didn't you bring guys you on. Like you called in. Let's get that, and for get what, that straight, pal. And, and, for, and for what reason? To shut you guys up. And for good and for good reason, you guys run your mouth. You know I'm on vacation. You know I'm relaxing, and I gotta hear from you guys or hear and go back and check up to see who's talking smack. And it's always about bright lights, which I get it though. You guys, you guys are getting buzzed. You guys are getting more listeners now. That's exactly what I bring everywhere that I go. So good job for that. But desperate measures, not worried. Flex Freeman, this whole thing got started off Flex Freeman running his mouth on me. Why don't you ask me about that? Get to the point. Well, I did ask you about that five minutes ago. You never answered. I said, why do you ask again? Is it because he's beating you and pounded you into a pulp so many times? You see, I said this before, but the bigger they are, the dumber they look in the end. Okay? Flex Freeman, we've never had a one-on-one. We were in the Rumble together, and you notice it got down to me at the end if you, you weren't there to watch. And when it was down to me and him at the end, I got so many good slaps to his stupid face in, and it builds up to nothing. I am not the man who makes the matches, but I am the man who can get in them, and I am the man who will control them, and I am the man who will come out on top, because that's what I do. Flex Freeman, I am not worried about Flex Freeman. Flex Freeman needs to be worried about me. He might be that big, but he's just as dumb as he looks. I heard him on your radio show. He sounds like a stupid ape. Yes, I said it, an ape. And that's not a wow. racist thing. I said, it, I said an ape very simply because when he talks, you have no idea what he's saying. And in the ring, he moves like a ton of bricks. He wants to get in the ring with bright lights. He has another thing coming. I am quick. I am fast. The only thing that can catch me is a shutter speed going a 1,000 times per second. Do you understand? That's the thing that catches bright lights. I sometimes can't even follow me, and I damn sure know that Flex Freeman can't. Okay, so I'm not worried about Flex Freeman. Whoever has to make the match, make the match. The people at IWF, the executives there, whoever needs to do it, make the match. I am not worried. And I'm going to blow you guys all the way, too, when you hear that I defeat Flex Freeman. I don't even think Flex thinks you're on the radar right now. I'm, I, I, I can't even imagine the guy has a radio. He probably <laughs> had a prepaid phone to call in to call you guys to begin with. <laughs> Let's well, be real here. We're... we're let, let's be about one thing. What I want to know, Bright Lights, on a serious note, is I saw your last video, and uh, you went from looking like a Miz wannabe to now some type of weird Randy Orton hybrid with the crazy beard and the shaved head. What's going on? I mean, I ripped you so much on, on my Twitter about you looking like Miz, and now you want to look like Randy Orton? What's next? 
You're going to come looking like a JB with the glasses? I love that you compare me to people who are WWE champions and people who are in the WWE. I didn't hear you comparing Flex Freeman to anyone except for Flex Freeman. So the idea that you guys even from just a haircut can compare me to a WWE superstar, I'll take that as an honor and just take that with me as I keep going to the top because that's exactly where I'm heading. I'm passing Flex Freeman up and passing everyone up. You want to focus on a haircut, you can focus on a haircut. But as you focus on the haircut, look a little bit below, right past the forehead to the face. And the face is beautiful. And no hair is going to change that. I guess that's, that's debatable. I mean, in terms of comparing Flex to anyone, I just think he's that good that there's no one to compare him to. Whereas The Miz and Randy Orton are two of my least favorite superstars. This is where I link you in that same category. <laughs> Oh, that was that was almost a good comeback, almost. But, you know, The Miz and Randy Orton, some of the highest-paid superstars, but it's not about the money. Maybe the, some of the most hated and loved superstars of WWE. I would say that's not debatable. I would say that you're dead wrong, and that's just a matter of opinion. And like people say, wrestling is like ice cream. Everybody has a different fra- flavor they like. But what else you got, bro? I mean, this we're going to talk about haircuts. We're going to talk about, you know, nonsense. What else you got? I think it's only a matter of time, Bright Lights, that you do become that superstar. And hopefully the WWE does recognize your talents because you are way above the IWF. <laughs> wow. wow. And now, is that sarcasm? <laughs> I, just a little bit, I think. I hope that my partner's not being serious there because they might have to hit him with some sweet chin music if, uh, if that was a serious comment. It might have been. No, that's, the other, that, that, that's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, you guys, back and forth on Twitter with you, Dave, you know, uh, unrealistically, why don't you leave this to the professionals? Okay? You want to sweet chin someone? You want to come down to IWF? You want to attack someone? You want to jump the guardrail? Sit in the seat. Pay your money to see. You know what? I'll even buy you a ticket to come watch. But you stay where you are and you stick to radio. And leave let, leave me under the lights. Leave me to do what I do. Okay? Hey, listen. And, I'll, and here's the I'll thing. I'll jump on that offer, no doubt. Because, first of all, speaking of professionals, this is what I do. So you leave the real radio to me. And second of all, I like Kevin Knight. You know, he's been on the show, good friend of the program. I wouldn't want Kevin to have to, you know, throw throw us out because I attack one of his uh, superstars. So you want to pay for a seat? Hey, I'll go. I'll check it out. And you know I'll be sitting there throwing popcorn at you and, uh, you know, the man of a thousand bulbs, as you like to call it. We'll see how that goes, uh, Mr. Bright Lights. Guys, I got anytime you're ready. We have desperate measures day one at IWF, 32 Willow Way in Woodland Park, New Jersey. Come on, to West Patterson, Woodland Park, whatever the name is now, Woodland Park, New Jersey. Come on down if you want to be there this Saturday. If you're available, I'm sure you're doing nothing but sitting at home eating Twinkies. Come on down. I'll buy the ticket, front row, and you guys check it out. You want to check it out, see what it's all about for real now, because I don't think you really get the bigger picture, but. I have a question for you guys, if you don't mind, I ask. Oh, shoot. You talk about wrestling. You had Billy Gunn on, a very respectable guy, amazing guy. What do you think WWE and what do you think wrestling is going towards? I mean, my honest opinion is you see someone like Chris Masters, Vladimir Kozlov, the guys with the bodies are going. You know, everybody wants to look at bright lights and say, oh, he's too small to be in WWE. He doesn't have what it takes. He needs that body. But if you haven't noticed, the most entertaining people there don't have the body. CM Punk, even The Miz, even guys like that, they might have bodies, 
But no, I mean, nowhere near someone like Chris Masters, and that guy got released. Where do you guys think? And you guys, I would say, no wrestling, better than most people. WWE is about entertainment. Am I correct? That's true. So where is it going? You know, anybody can mock me. You can mock me all you want. Anybody can come there and boo me. I enjoy the hell out of it. But in reality, I am what WWE needs. I am another one of what WWE needs. The bodies, goodbye. Who cares? That's not entertaining. We're not in the era of Hulk Hogan. We're in the era of bright lights. You know, um, since you asked a serious question, I'll give you a serious answer. I'm one of those people who I would say, if I looked at, you know, Jared Foster, I would say, yeah, he doesn't have the build. But the one thing that I, you do have, and I've mentioned it on Twitter, you really do have the, the charisma and the ability to pull off a character, which I think a lot of guys are lacking, which to me personally, like you said, ice cream flavors and all that. The reason that I don't like Randy Orton is because I don't think that Randy really exudes a great character. And again, that's my personal opinion. But you have somebody like The Miz, who is a smaller wrestler, doesn't look like he could really beat you up, but he's amazingly charismatic. He he can talk like just about nobody else. Then you have somebody like John Morrison, who I love in the ring, but can't talk his way out of a wet paper bag. I think that you need a balance of both. And someone like you, you really do have that entertainment factor that the WWE is desperately seeking because CM Punk doesn't have a typical look of a superstar, of, of a bodybuilder, but he's way more entertaining than just about any of those guys on the roster, which is the same way that I feel about Christian, another guy who doesn't have that typical build. It just kind of surprises me that the WWE seems to be going in the route of no more superheroes, and let's get the regular guy and allow him to get over with some microphone time. Because I think if you put a microphone in the hand of somebody who can talk, like uh, CM Punk, you know, a pipe bomb, like you like to call it, that's what makes it interesting to me. Back it up in the ring, but talk, because that's what people tune into. People love The Rock. The Rock wasn't the best wrestler ever, not even close. As a matter of fact, he was kind of sloppy in the ring, but he could talk like nobody's business. Exactly. Exactly, and that's uh, that, that that's the point that I mean. You know, uh, on a serious talk, um, that that's exactly what I'm talking about, and I agree with you 100. percent And I do appreciate the uh, uh, compliment, which is very few and far between with you people. But um, you know, I that, I agree with you guys, and that's, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. And I think that's the whole idea of you know what I do is bright lights. You know, WWE needs entertainment, and the guys who are entertaining, the guys who can talk on the mic, you know, CM Punk, brilliant. I'm so happy that they're finally doing something with him that makes sense. Use him, use him for what he's got, you know. Uh, the Miz is so successful because he can talk so well, and that's what it is. It's the entertainment value. It's the charisma you have. And, of course, if you move like Vladimir Kozlov in the ring, uh, it just doesn't work. You know, sizes and everything. You know, just, you know, now if you can move in the ring and you can work, and you can talk. I mean, I think that's what that's that's what fills stadiums, you know, and, and and that's where I think it's going. So what I do and what I try to do and what I aspire to do, legit, you know, uh, is project that, you know, and uh, whether at IWF or you know the other shows I'm involved with now, that's what I'm going to continue to do. And I think that's the idea that WWE is finally getting or starting to get more, and that and that's what I'm trying to push for. Uh, and I just want I, I want to I love getting other people's opinions because you still have the old school guys who say no you have to have a body to succeed in this business. Well I, I I don't think that's the case anymore and I think that people need to wake up and realize 
that, you know, we're not in that era anymore. We're in the era of entertainment, and it is an entertainment. But, I mean, how many matches were on Raw this past week? Two, maybe three? You know, out of the whole, uh, everything else was, uh, you know, talking. And that's what people want to see. But you've got to back it up in the ring. You've got to build it up to those matches. But the only way to build up a match is people who can talk. Right. Um, you know, so I, I would just, I wanted to get your opinion on that. I appreciate the honest answer. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if things, if, if the, uh, the stars are in alignment and I keep doing what I'm doing, uh, uh, you're going to see things. You're going to see things happen. And this is why we bring you on our show, Bright Lights. We know you bring it every time. You cut the great promos on Twitter, and uh, you do a really good job, and we do appreciate you coming on tonight, and you're always welcome on the show. When you hit it big, just don't forget about Pure Gold. Man, this sounds like a hey. love-fest, butt-kissing. You know, why did you hey, want Dave, to get with Dave, you Dave, do me a favor. Dave, shut up. Dave, shut up for a second. Let me talk to Joe, because he rarely gets time to speak, because you're always running your damn mouth. Come on, give me a second. Joe, I really appreciate you. You're, you're like, you know, you're the honest guy here. You're the guy who takes it all back. You know, Dave just runs his mouth and talks so much smack. I can't Joe? believe it. He's right. Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm looking at DJ right now. He's right. I mean, Bright Lights is I, I right. I am right. Put, put Dave on mute for one second and let me talk to Joe. <laughs> we got something in the ring. I don't know how much time we got left. Give me, give me at least a minute to talk to Joe. <laughs> Go ahead, Bright Lights. Joe, Joe, the logical one out of you guys, Bert and Ernie over there. Um, you know, I, I know that you – would you agree with everything we were talking about? And if not, what questions do you have for me? Because clearly you're the more intelligent one. What do you have for me? I mean, I think wrestling is going back towards uh, an Attitude Era type format where you have good content in the beginning of the show and at the end of the show and everything in between is blah. But I think that they don't have enough talent right now in the ring to support what uh, how the Attitude Era was. You know, you had a lot of big names in the Attitude Era in the, in the, I don't even know what era to call this era, the post-Attitude Era, I guess. There's not that many guys that are really that good, and everyone else in between is just blocked me. I mean, if you're not CM Punk, if you're not John Cena, if you're not Randy Orton, then you're, you're not really recognized, it seems like, in the business, especially in the WWE. Yeah, I, I would say it's a very tough it's a very tough thing to do right now, you know. Um, I have a friend of mine who works for WWE, and he's constantly struggling and pushing and pushing, and he's one of the best in-ring technical workers that's probably in the company. Um, and, and, you know, it's still a struggle for them. If you don't have if, – if, if, if they're not giving you that or if you're not working every day to, to prove yourself, it's really, it's really tough. And I agree with you. Everybody in between those one, you know, one or two, three guys uh, you know, they, they could be forgotten about tomorrow. They got nothing that stands out. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, uh, what I want to just bring it back to, of course, is myself. I stand out, Joe. I stand out, Dave. The Twitter comments are not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing videos as long as you two keep running your mouth. That's one thing you have to understand. As times change and as things go on and you guys come down and finally come check out a show and get off your lazy butts, you're going to see exactly what I do. And it's not just about losing to Dante Arcade or going in there and beating Flex Freeman. It's much, much, much more than that. If you haven't noticed in my videos, I've appeared with Darren Young from WWE. I've had Kenny Santucci in my videos. I've had Michael Lohan in my videos. I have many people right at my fingertips that I can utilize. I have many friends in the business, and that's exactly what I intend to do. I'm going to use my talents along with my connection, and I'm going to get there. And when I do, wait for the call because I'll be calling back in. 
and I'm going to say, hey, Dave, loud mouth, <laughs> Bert, I did it, bro. And then I'm just going to hang up, and that's going to be the end of it. You can watch me on Raw. How do you feel? Really? 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 So this is what it's come to. My tag team partner, a former tag team partner and co-host, betraying me to side with bright lights. I can't believe it. Joe actually went heel in the middle of a pure gold show. This because, is unbelievable. Because Joe is a smart man. He obviously knows where the money goes. And that's, the money is always on me, brother. You got to get with the program. Read the Twitter. Come to a show. Follow me all around like most of my people do. And you'll get it. You'll see how Joe, you'll see how Joe sees it. Joe's a good guy. I like Joe. Well, I hate Joe's guts right about now. But that's fine, that's Dave. That's fine. Point. Listen, you guys, I appreciate it. I'm going to be real for a second if I can. I really appreciate uh, you allowing me to, you know, call in and even answering my calls. Um, and I think that it's great what you guys do. And I think you're entertaining. And, you know, to even have Billy Gunn on. Um, I know you guys have had a lot of people on in the past. I think you guys are definitely going to start, um, you know, booming. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad that I can get in before the boom. So just in, ca- just in case you guys get that big before me, maybe uh, I'll just save the number and you guys will answer when I call in. But, uh, you know, oh. keep doing your thing. You, got, you guys are awesome. Dave, you kind of suck. But, Joe, you're really good, and I hope you do your thing. Um, you know, but to wrap it up, you know, Flex Freeman, I don't really care. Put me in a match with him. I'll show you what I can do. Anybody else, the IWF, all the wannabes, I told you I'm a going to be. My mother gave me that quote, too, i got to say. My mother gave me that quote, and it was brilliant, so I have to keep using it. Um, and, and, and I'm going to keep doing my thing. You guys are going to keep doing your thing. Anytime I have a problem, though, I'm going to call in because now I'm a listener. Now I'm a listener. Now I'm going to listen to all the crap you guys talk, and I'm going to call in. And I preferably like to speak to Joe every time, but I know Dave likes to run his mouth. So that's, that, that's fine, too. But when I do call in... Answer the call. But now here's the thing. Down to business. Bright Lights and Aaron Stride, your IWF Tag Team Champions, will be in action this Saturday, Desperate Measures Day 1, 32 Willow Way in Woodland Park. You have to come down. You have to check it out. I don't care who's listening. You need to come down and check it out. You need to hear what it's all about and see what it's all about. And that's, and that's, that's the bottom line here to the entire thing. All right, what you, sir. What you, guys, what, you guys fall asleep on me? Wake up, old man. <laughs> no, I'm just Jeez. trying to contain myself and trying to be nice, considering you are a listener and a, and a guest at this point, uninvited, but a, a guest nonetheless. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking some time out to listen and to call us, and hopefully we'll be able to see you this Saturday, if not at the next IWF event in uh, two weeks. What do you mean? What do you mean, if not? You have something better to do, Dave? Actually, I do. Uh, I need to go get a haircut. Uh, so I'll be doing that. I need to and go give my. I need to go give my. I've seen, seen your picture on the site. A haircut's not going to ch- you know change that face. You know you need a mask or something. Do me a favor. Stop bull. Stop bull crapping. Stop wasting your time. And you get your butt to a seat. I'm going to save two. Dave and Joe. Joe, I don't know what your deal is. Are you wheelchair? I don't know what you're in. But you come down too. You guys watch Bright Lights, and I'm sure. Trust me, you're not going to be disappointed. I guess we'll have to see about that. But listen, uh. You have uh, you have fun there, sir, and uh, hopefully uh, Saturday you'll uh, lose the title. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on that, but you guys have a good night, and I appreciate you uh, you know talking to me for the last I don't know 15 minutes. It, you know, it definitely cost me money out of my pocket, but no problem. I have better things to do now. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to get on a better cell phone plan there, pal. Have a good one, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. You guys take care. Later, sir.
Folks, that was the one and only Bright Lights, Jarrett Foster, finally calling in from the IWF. And I got to say, he did not disappoint, sir. He did not. He brought it. And uh, I'm surprised because, uh, you know, there was only about five minutes we we're going to end the show. But we're now in the overrun, I could see. And we might as well take this one up to 1130 and talk about SummerSlam this Sunday. And just talk about, I guess, the four matches that they have announced. Let's uh let's start with the the Divas, the Divas title. Uh, you think that Beth Phoenix? I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that she's going to win the title over Kelly Kelly. There's like no no doubt about it. I mean, what do you think about this feud? I think this feud is interesting. Actually, I was going to say that it sucks, but let me be serious for a second. I got ripped by Jarrett for the past like 15 minutes, so I don't know if I should run my mouth or if I should cut this short. But um. I think that what they're doing with Beth is what they were going to do with Karma and now with Nat, uh, Natalia Nightheart also. You know, the the better wrestling divas, the ones who don't look like the typical divas, I, I kind of like that. But, you know, Mark Madden always makes some interesting points, and I guess if I can quote him, women's matches don't draw a dime. So do you really think that it's worth investing so much time in that if you were the WWE? Or do they just have them there to be A, eye candy, and B, I guess for girls to have something to look up to, you know, and I don't mean that in a sexist way. I just don't see the point sometimes because really no one's going to the events to see them wrestle. Or, you know, they talk about the famous bathroom breaks, and unfortunately that's what women's title matches are. So is that what they're going to do for this match, or are they going to be interested, the fans, I mean, who go to the event? Hey, I agree with you. I mean, the way they're they're going about it is the, is the right way, but... I've, I've always said that you need to put all the women on one show, and I know that's hard to do because you want some eye candy on both shows, but if you're going to have the title uh, and actually have two titles, you, you, I don't think it's necessary. With the amount of deals that they have right now, it's not a main focus of theirs, so there's, I don't think there's a reason why you can't have the Divas division travel between both shows, between SmackDown and Raw, and then have you know one title as opposed to two titles uh, for the Divas. So I think Beth Phoenix will take the title over Kelly Kim, and uh, I think it will be a, a really smart decision by the WWE. I guess the other match, before we get into the two main event matches, sir, is Mark Henry versus uh, a newly turned face, Sheamus. What, how do you see this match by now? Honestly, I think that I think Sheamus is going to win. I think he's going to put a stop to Mark Henry's little monster streak, and I think it's the way that the show needs to go. I think it's the only way to do it. Because truthfully, Sheamus is awesome. My wife would kill me for saying that, but I think that Sheamus is a great wrestler. He really can bring it in the ring. He's just as good as it gets, and I think that he can really carry Mark Henry to a good match. So I would love to see that. I'd love to see him win. If he loses, it's going to kind of suck, considering that Mark Henry's put guys out on the shelf. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to win that. My, my hope, Sheamus will win against Mark Henry. And then go on to face uh, Christian after he defeats Randy Orton on Sunday to to fight for the title and you know keep that going for for a couple of months, sir. Good segue. I mean, I do agree that Sheamus needs to win this match, and I don't know how anybody could carry a match with Mark Henry, sir, because Mark Henry, I mean, all he is is just one big blob to me. I, I don't think he has one ounce of wrestling ability at all. He just uses his power and. I think most of his matches are boring. So hopefully, Sheamus most. I think all of his matches are boring. What amazes me, sir. Is how this guy still has a job is beyond me. I don't understand how Mark Henry's been employed by the WWE since consecutively since like 1997. I know Vince signed him to like a 10 year, 13 year, 27 year contract, but the fact that somebody like Billy Gunn, who actually has real ability and talent and can go, 
isn't hard, isn't working for the WWE or the Road Dog or whomever else, but Mark Henry still is. And Molina got fired, but Mark Henry still has a job. Somebody needs to explain that to me. You know, I'd rather see Jared Foster in the middle of that ring with a wet paper bag on his head fighting a broom than Mark Henry ever any day of his life in, in a wrestling ring. He's terrible. He is awful. And as a matter of fact, the only thing I can say about that is, you make a dog sick. There's no other way. He's awful and makes me want to vomit. There you go. And I guess the other two matches that they've announced, which, by the way, is just a travesty, to have one of their big four pay-per-views and only have four matches announced. Let me ask you this, sir. Do you think uh, you agree with people who say that this is the second biggest pay-per-view? Because I've heard a lot of people say that SummerSlam is number two behind WrestleMania, and I agree with you. It's an absolute travesty. But where would you rank SummerSlam in terms of the top four pay-per-views, which obviously is WrestleMania, SummerSlam, the Royal, the Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I, I can see people's point, but I'm going to – my opinion is it's definitely WrestleMania 1. 2 is the Royal Rumble for the fact that you get a title shot. 3 is SummerSlam, and then 4 is the Survivor Series. I agree with that. I'm actually surprised that so many people put SummerSlam as number two, but I guess that's kind of besides the point. But, uh, you know, you mentioned only having four matches, and I know SmackDown is going on as we speak and probably just finished, but why do you think they went to – how could they, the, the WWE think this is a good idea? Why would they even go this route of not announcing matches? Yeah, I, I don't get it at all. I think they're just banking on the fact that they want to put all their eggs in one basket or maybe two baskets, I guess, with the two uh, world title pitchers. And then the one – match I want to get to now is, you know, Randy Orton against Christian in a no-holds-barred match. And, uh, I mean, it makes no sense to me to have Orton win this match. I think you have some outside interference. I'm not sure who would interfere and then start a new feud, a new angle with Randy Orton. But have Randy Orton have the strap again, I'm not really too keen on it. I think Christian could keep it a little longer and carry it for a couple more months. What do you think? I agree with that. You know how I feel about uh, Randy Orton and that whole situation. I think I'd rather have Jarrett Foster somehow win the uh, IWF title and hold it for three years than I, I would ever want to see your boy Randy Orton win the title again. That's just a joke, and I, I can't stand him, and I hope that he never, ever, ever wins the title again. And then we have the main event, which is CM Punk, the WWE champion, versus John Cena, the WWE champion. It's for the undisputed WWE champion, and Triple H has thrown himself into the into the mix, if you will, sir, and he is going to be the special referee. Any thoughts on that? I think that I'm not really looking forward to uh, this match. Well, I'm looking forward to the match. I'm not looking forward to Triple H inserting himself because, to me, it just smells and stinks and reeks of a heel turn, which I don't want to see. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to see a Triple H heel turn, but I hope that he plays it down the middle, and I hope that Punk works out with the title because if Cena wins the title or Zena, as this guy kept saying on Justin Barr's show, I'll vomit. I'll absolutely vomit if Cena wins again. Unless John Cena goes full-fledged heel and does everything it takes to become the undisputed WWE champion. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way I would accept it. The only way I would accept it if he won, if he went heel and, and won the title. That would be good. And he made comments on Monday that really referenced that. He talked about the internet wrestling community. He doesn't give a crap about them. He talked about how the only people he cares about are his fans, which is women and children at this point. So uh, I'd love to see Cena go heel, sir. Yeah, so... Um... To me, still, like I, I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with Pyro and my partner DG. I just don't think that this is a pay-per-view that I'd want to spend money on. It's, I think it's just, you know, one match, and I don't want to wait until five after, you know, spending two and a half hours or, you know, two hours watching some crap matches that they just put together with no storylines. Um, 
I, I, I'm just not into it, DG. I, I'll wait till Monday to watch what happens or read about it early Monday morning. I bet you will, sir. And uh, I guess that puts a wrap on the SummerSlam talk. Uh, one more point, folks, before we close out the show. This is actually our longest show in quite a while. On Thursday, we're, have looking, we're looking forward to having Sid Rosenberg on our show, former WFM person on it. So that should be some good stuff. We're hoping to have Sid join us. Uh, it's been confirmed, but, you know, plans are subject to change, as they like to say. Uh, we were actually going to have Billy Gunn on like three weeks, and he ended up coming early because somebody else wasn't able to make the show, so we wanted to bump Billy up. Um, and again, we hope to have Sid on Thursday. But the New York Mets, if we can talk about one baseball-related thing, can we talk about Jose Reyes, sir? Can you tell me what your thoughts are on the situation with him getting injured and being on the table list a second time? Well, when he got injured the first time this year, sir, I thought that this was going to be a great thing for the Mets because you figured uh, any other team that wants to – wants to sign this guy in the you know next year as a free agent is going to think twice because you know the guy uh, has been getting injured lately and what kind of contract could you possibly throw at a Jose Reyes that gets injured and now he has a second injury sir and I don't know if he's going to get the the amount of years or even the amount of money that he's going to want especially after this second injury so I think it plays into the Mets favor but also the Mets also have to think DG is Jose Reyes worth it too I mean they even have to Think about making instead of making a seven-year deal, maybe making a four-year deal at I don't know eighty million dollars a year for for like seventy-two something like that. I think the Mets should go after him with that. But if not, I don't. I'm not sure that I go after Jose Reyes anymore with more money than like eighteen to twenty million dollars a year. I think that's too much money, eighteen to twenty. You know, it would be great to have him back. But I think that this whole situation, like you mentioned, it just helps the Mets because. What team, and let me ask you this, what team is going to go there and give him all this money? He, We as Mets fans know he's not always injured, but now he's got the stigma of always being injured. He he played about four straight years without being injured. His first couple years were injury-prone. Injury now his last couple years are injury-prone. Two times on the DL in the same year with the same injury. Uh, speed is his game. It's all about the legs, and they keep getting injured, and apparently there's a propensity for them to keep getting injured because of all the scar tissue that they develop and you know multiple times being on the DL with the hamstring tears and whatnot. You think that this is going to be the uh, one dumb owner theory, like with Jason Worth, where the Nats blew him out of the water, money that no way was is he that kind of player, or are the Mets really going to be able to sign him? Because I tell you the truth, I look at the situation with Jose Reyes, and I don't know who would want to give him a ton of money with a ton of years because he's a liability at this point, and it only continues to push the fact that people around baseball say, man, this guy's always injured. I can see your point there, but I can also see the teams like the teams that really could use a shortstop, like the Boston Red Sox or even the Philadelphia Phillies. I think that they're willing to spend money on the guy because let's just not forget that Jose Reyes is one of the main guys on the Mets team in terms of like producing offense. So you put him in a lineup like the Red Sox, sir, or even a lineup like the Phillies, he doesn't have to be that main guy that has to get on base, has to steal a base, and has to score a run. He's just one important person on a team that knows how to score without him anyway. So I think that a team like the Red Sox or even the, the Phillies can go after him with decent money and not worry if he gets injured that their whole baseball team is going to fall apart because again he's only one piece as opposed to the Mets where he's like the main guy next to David Wright I agree with that and I can I can totally see that but I'm just hoping that these injuries will allow him to will allow him to uh, you know bring the asking price down the Mets will be able to get him but folks we're going to put a wrap on this show we'll get into some more Mets talk on Thursday we'll talk uh, to Sid about a bunch of different things and 
you know, we'll, we'll make it happen as only we can here at Pure Gold. We appreciate all of you listening, the listening audience out there. Of course, we'd like to give a special thanks to the one and only B.A., the one, Billy Gunn. Very appreciative of him giving his time where he could have been, uh, you know, doing so many other things, but he chose to spend about half an hour with Pure Gold. Thanking Todd for his update, of course. We'd like to thank Pyro from Online Onslaught for jumping on and the nice words that he said. We'd like to thank uh, Mr. Jarrett. I don't know if I want to thank him. Should I thank him, Joe? I think I should. Right like Jarrett Foster from the IWF for giving a couple of minutes of his time. I know he could be uh, busy, you know, taking care of spiking his hair and, you know, shaving bold or changing his look or whatever he does. Um, but we appreciate, again, him chiming in and, you know, saying that a couple of nice things that he said. I didn't think the guy had a nice bone in his body, but apparently he does. And, of course, again, I always, always, we thank you, the listening audience, and we appreciate you giving us your time and your courtesy, as Doris from Eagle Park used to say. Folks, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, keep it PG, and good night, everybody. <laughs>